welcome to Stat Stuffers. Technically, I guess the final episode of the first season of Stat Stuffers. As always, I'm your host, Ramiz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dylan. How are you? I'm good, Ramiz. How are you? I'm going well. I'm going well. So, for this episode... So- Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, just excited to be here for the last last episode of the season. Of season one. I mean, it's <laughs> literally only a week until season two, but you know, it's fine. Um... <laughs> But, quick turns around here. Yeah, quick quick turnaround time. But um, for this episode, we're just going to be talking a little bit about how, you know, we got into the NBA. Some of our favorite teams, players, things of that nature. Just kind of how we got to the point where we are. And then at the end of the episode, I'm also going to throw in a few kind of like little deleted scenes of things that happened. Things that we spoke about a little bit before the episode or like during an episode or whatever that I had to cut out for whatever reason. And yeah, you'll, you'll just hear maybe like 10 minutes of that kind of conversation just to kind of wrap up season one. So uh, to get started, I want to tell a little bit of a story about how I kind of initially got into basketball because I don't know, I, I feel like my story is just kind of random in the sense that I don't think I had any interest in basketball, but I think it was like my fifth birthday, I got a basketball hoop for my birthday. And that's just been there my entire life. It is still standing in my backyard back home the very same that's kind of that's kind of beautiful honestly that's like that should that should be a movie made about this i mean <laughs> even i didn't know this story amazing. that's beautiful yeah so yeah i want to say i was like five years old roughly got the basketball hoop i had no idea what basketball was and like obviously it was it's a height adjustable hoop so obviously it was on its lowest height at the time slowly over time lifted the hoop up a little bit it's not regulation i think it's like nine and a half feet and i can I've dunked on it maybe like three times. I don't know what happened to me. Just sometimes I get that absolute burst of energy just needed to get the ball over the hoop. I can dunk a handball on it like consistently, but no, I cannot dunk on it. You were there actually um, when one of our friends broke the hoop. Were you there? I was there for that, yeah. Yes. So (laughs) we were having a maths study session and instead of studying, we went outside and played basketball, which was just great. And I was probably the only person who couldn't dunk on the hoop. And one of our friends dunked very, very hard. And there was a screw loose in the back and it, the backboard tipped over. <laughs> Great times. You know, that's yeah. just, that's just the nature of backyard basketball, you know? Yeah. It's all fixed. It's all fixed. Oh, uh, actually we don't, we still don't have a washer for the screws so it could very well come out again, but um, it's all fixed. Other than that. But yeah, no, I mean, I got that hoop at that time, started shooting around a little bit. Over time, I just got a little bit more confident in shooting. It just kept shooting, shooting, shooting. Because it's on grass. I can't dribble. I have no handle. You know I have no handle. And that's because <laughs> I have nowhere to practice my handle. So it's just shooting. And that's all I've ever done. And that's all I can really do on a court. But yeah, that's kind of how I got into basketball. I don't know why I got the basketball hoop. I don't. I doubt I asked for it. I doubt I even knew what basketball was, really. Um, but yeah, just shot around. And it still stands. And I still practice on it any time I'm at home, I would go out uh, during the quarantine and stuff to get a bit of exercise. I would go outside literally every single day. Even if it was raining sometimes, I would go out and just shoot around for an hour. And yeah. Well, that's a great origin story, Maze. I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah, you got, you, you've gotten into basketball earlier than I did. Mine, mine sort of all, my basketball and NBA journey all sort of came in one go. I only started I only started playing basketball at, at year six uh, at primary school um, because of our mutual friend, Fred Gunning. Um, year six, one day he just brought a basketball to school. We started 
shooting around and I remember thinking I was top dog because I could do a running layup. I remember that <laughs> pretty fondly. Um, yeah, mine started at school just because, you know, another lunchtime game to play. Like you, I didn't really know anything about basketball. Um, I knew it existed. That was probably yeah. the extent of what I knew <laughs> uh, before I started playing. Um, yeah, then from there, just started practicing more and more. And as as our friends can attest to, our lunchtime tradition of playing basketball pretty intensely for 40 minutes every break uh, began from there. Recess and lunch, so 30 minutes every day. Twice every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for six years. Yeah, six, seven years, yeah. I mean... But yeah, mine, yeah, mine was a pretty a pretty humble start. It wasn't of my own doing, but uh, you know, thankful for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff. I f- I felt I felt in and out of like our weekly of our daily practices and things like that. At times, I would just be like, okay, I'm done with basketball. I don't get the ball enough. I just want to shoot. I can't keep up. And then you know, over time, I started watching basketball a lot. And we we can kind of get into that. But I started watching basketball a lot. I started figuring out like oh yeah, maybe I should stand here and not in the middle of everything else and then I'll get an open shot. And that's really what did it for me. It was like, I was able to start getting open shots and then you dubbed me, no, you didn't dub me this nickname. I, someone else dubbed me this nickname. You just adopted it. Me's money. Me's money. That's why he doesn't dribble, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't he need just to. Shoots. If he's open, just shoots. If, if he's open, it's cash. That's all you need to know. Yeah. I mean, we played on the rack a lot and I, I remember winning a fair bit and I don't know what it is it's just when when I get into just my form and I'm just playing on the rack I don't know what it is it's just hard to I can't imagine not hitting a shot when the one before you was hit because it's like pressure's on gotta hit it it's just oh, that's that kill it that's that mumba mentality yeah that's good to hear. <laughs> I love you love to hear that but um yeah I mean great times we had at that those basketball courts shout out the cage yeah um uh, I mean, there's a big group of us in that. And uh, yeah, for years and years, we just sort of, uh, you know, obviously we had to earn the court from some of the older, older. Yeah, when um, did we get that? I was going to ask. Probably year nine. Year nine? We probably inherited the court, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, Sounds about right. Year nine, not, yeah, I think that's about right. But uh, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you got your start on basketball much earlier than I did. Yeah, but obviously I wasn't really doing a whole lot up until we started to do those weekly practices either. I did go to like some practices at our local stadium. I did like a junior training thing and I joined a junior team. Uh, I think when I was in like year five or something, but you know, it, it's just a bunch of kids running around not really knowing what they're doing. Um, and yeah. yeah, it was just shooting. I mean, you know, me's money obviously developed over a long period of time, but I couldn't shoot threes until I was in like year eight. I was just too weak. Oh, year nine yeah. even maybe. And then... Once, do you remember I used to shoot one-handed lob threes? Yes, and it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. Like, they started going in, and then I was like, okay, I could do this. And then I actually developed a little bit of upper, just the tiniest bit of upper body strength as to where I was able to actually just shoot threes. <laughs> you love to say That's the development that comes with the cage. Yes. I mean, yeah, you, you call them practices. I'd hardly call them practices. I'd just yeah. call it Games. the boys running around. Yeah. <laughs> Play, it, yeah, it was never ball. even five. Of, what was it? It was usually like seven on seven, half court. Yeah, we'd, we'd get some big numbers going. <laughs> we'd get a lot. Yeah, Because there was also the boys on the other end of the court, so we just had our half court. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we very rarely got the full court going, but um, good times, that. 
Yeah. I, I will say one of my favorite memories of On the Rack was um, actually no one else was there that day. I don't know what was happening that day, but for some reason, just no one else was around. It was just me, one other one other guy, and then a couple of like the year eights that would come and play with us. To, see, unlike us, who had to earn the court, they didn't. They just came and started playing, and we were just like not mean enough to like just kick him off. Um, so I mean, I feel like that's what happened with us. I mean, yeah. the guy, the older guys that we played with, you know, they never really bullied us or anything. We uh, you know, we got our ass kicked. That's for sure. Yeah, in the first couple of years, but you know, they let us play and they let us, you know, they let them bully us. Yeah, I mean, and they've got the court. I I hope they've still got the court. Those those guys. Um, and surely they do. And maybe the, sure. maybe they're handing it over. What would they be in? Like you ten now. Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's just the tradition, you know. Yeah, but uh, I remember I was playing on the rack against one of them, Noah, or I was playing on the rack against multiple of them. Noah, that that kid, I don't know what, he just could shoot. It was pretty impressive, actually, how, how well he could shoot. But yeah, yeah. No, he and I had, like, a four-shot rally or something like that. And, oh, that was just that was just a great memory because, like, I was on one life, he was on one life, he hit the shot, I hit the shot, he hit the shot again, I hit the shot again, and then he missed, and it was just crazy. <laughs> get everyone going hype those are the best moments yeah <laughs> those are like four or five of us there but yeah it was so good um so yeah i mean that's kind of how we go to basketball but you said it links into how you go to the nba yeah i mean yeah mine was all mine it all happened very quickly for me so i started playing basketball my last year of primary school and then my first year of high school I I was playing basketball, but I didn't know anything about the NBA at all. Um, yeah. I didn't know anyone's name. I didn't know any teams really, except for like the big ones, like the Lakers. And I didn't I didn't follow anything about how it was played or anything like that. Uh, I think around year eight, whenever I started following the start of the twenty four of the twenty thirteen fourteen season. Yeah, uh, but only very loosely, very very loosely. I knew who the All Stars were. I was watching highlights and I kind of followed the finals. That was about it. Yeah. Cause the only thing I remember from those finals was uh, LeBron thinking they could come back from three, one against the Spurs and then losing game five. Uh, yeah. That's all I remember. <laughs> um, and, but the, it was the next season that I really started getting into the NBA that 2014, 15 season. Um that's when I sort of found my team, found my players, and started watching and following the league pretty closely. Yeah. Um, for me, it was... So, I, I've said this before. I go to the NBA because I played 2K. I just liked basketball, so I got a basketball video game. Um, actually, no, it wasn't 2K. It was NBA Live 14, not NBA 2K. Um, so, I, I missed out on what you think is one of the best use of 2K. Um, uh, yeah, 2K 14, the GOAT. I mean, yeah. real real people know. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, you yeah, know, I got NBA Live 14. I started playing around with a few different teams. I played around a little bit with the Warriors. I think I played a little bit with, like, the Lakers. And then I found the Nuggets. And I had so much fun just sprinting down the court with Ty Lawson, chucking lobs to Kenneth Freed and Val McGee, you know, getting <laughs> shots with Wilson Chandler to Dylan Gallinari, Randy Foy, um, Nate Robinson. Shout out. Nate Robinson was dunking at the time. Durrell Arthur could shoot. JJ Hickson was there. Timofey Moskov. Shout out Timofey Moskov. I think that's most of the team. I, I can't believe I just listed that entire team off the top of my head. Um, at least that was the rotation. Um, yeah, but no, I just really enjoyed 
playing with them, I found them to be really exciting and fun. And I started following them very, very loosely in that 14-15 season. So I started kind of just keeping up with uh, box scores. I wasn't really watching highlights or anything. I didn't know too much about any of the other teams. I just kind of kept a track of like Nuggets wins and box scores and stuff like that. I realized that season that the Nuggets were actually bad. Like, they were good the previous season, but they were bad that season. I think they won, like, 30 games. Um, and then uh, I started really getting into it the following season. So I would kind of, like, a one-year delay to you um, in that I got into it uh, when Emmanuel Moutier was drafted, right? And, you know, Ty Lawson yeah. obviously had his... Uh, however many DUIs he'd had at the time. Um, <laughs> got traded to the Rockets for... Oh, I remember this trade as well. It was Nick Johnson, Costas Papa Nicolau, yeah. Pablo Prigioni, and oh, there was someone else. There's so, I'm blanking on who the other guy was. There was a fourth guy, and there was also the first round pick that I think turned into Malik Beasley. And, you know, Ty Lawson turning into Malik Beasley, problematic-wise, kind of poetic in a sense. Um, a bit, unfortunately, yes. Yeah, it's not good, but, you know, it is. It's there. Um yeah, no, I started following more that season. I started really getting into just the league in general that season. It helped that, you know, you and a lot of the other boys were kind of into the league as well. Like, I, I kind of just followed along through there. Yeah, and I started learning about other teams and following following the sport a bit more. Yeah, well, you and I have that in common, actually, because I, I found my team uh, through 2K as well. Um, <clears throat> I, I remember this day... Like it was yesterday. I stayed home from an excursion in, in year seven. Um, everyone went to the Sydney Aquarium, I'm pretty sure. Ramiz, I'm sure you would have gone too. I think I would. Um, and I stayed home. Me and Stephen Long, my longtime friend and listener of the show, friend of the show, uh, we played NBA 2K11 together. And uh. that's when I discovered the Miami Heat. And this was, <laughs> you know, this was the newly... The, the newly formed, the uh, super team, the ultra-hated team, Miami Heat. Um, this was the first year, at least in the game. Not in the, not in the actual year. This was 2013, I'd say. Yeah. But in the game, um, yeah, this was the first year of the Heat. And unlike most people, I didn't fall in love with LeBron. I fell in love with D-Wade. Yeah. And uh, just in the game, I could, all, I could get him to throw down dunks, uh, alley-oop plays, and all that stuff. And... Um, yeah, that's where my love for D-Wade and love for the Heat came from, was that fateful day playing 2K11 with Steven. Um, and ever since then, it's, it's just, you know, grown. my love for the Heat has grown stronger and stronger. And my love for the league, you know, that's where I found out. Uh, I ended up borrowing uh, the game off Steve and, uh, yeah, just finding out more about the league. And then later that year is when I really... That's when I started watching highlights. But then later in the year... To the, to the start of the 13-14 season is when I started following it a bit more closely. Not not to the same degree I did the next the next season and the next year, but um, a bit more. I, I kept up with All-Stars and watched the All-Star game and, yeah, that, those finals, those 2014 finals. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on that one-year delay with you. In the 15-16 season was that really, like, big season for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it was kind of weird getting into you know, this entirely new thing that I just kind of never even knew existed before. And yet I got so, so into it. I remember like, you know, I was following box scores. I really liked stats at the time. And, you know, look at where that's got us. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then, I mean, 
yeah, another another thing that got me in too, just doing my research on on YouTube, uh, finding you know the top twenty five players of the season for each team, and that's that's one way I found a lot of guys was looking at top twenty five players for for teams uh, that yeah. year. It was um, I stumbled across a little a little TV show called The Starters. Yes, and yes. Uh, you and I both know that now. No dunks. Um, yeah, big influences on us both for podcasting yeah. and just following the NBA. Yeah, it's tough trying to like not turn into them or trying to not yeah. replicate them too much. Um, because yeah, I I started following them probably around the time that I go into the league as well. I was just looking up like I don't know starting lineups in the NBA on YouTube for some for whatever reason, and then yeah, <laughs> I found the starters there, and I you know it, it took a little while for me to get into them, but I was like they're informative, they're kind of funny, you know, they've got these highlights and these fun little segments. You've got yeah, you've just got a great cast and a great person, great bunch of personalities there. And they're actually a big re- reason why I started listening to podcasts in the first place and a big reason why I wanted to do an NBA podcast. Like, I've wanted to do an NBA podcast for five years at this point, and I finally got around to it. Like, I did a couple <laughs> other podcasts in the last two years because I wanted to do those as well. But, like, the NBA one was the first one I always wanted to do. And, you know, we finally got uh, into that. And uh, the starters now, no dogs, uh, probably the biggest reason for that. Yeah, same. I started uh, listening to the podcast because of them found their their Friday drops uh, alongside their TV show. And um, yeah, I mean, started listening to a whole bunch of sports podcasts, got into Bill Simmons that way. And um, yeah, just following the league closer and closer through their daily show, I think. I think that's really what got me into yeah. it. Learning about all the sorts of guys that they talk about. And then just sort of from there doing my own research and watching, started watching actual games rather than just highlights and see how you know how different it is watching an actual game versus watching highlights and how you can see all the little different things that players do but um yeah big uh, big shout out to the starters and no dunks now no dunks yeah um yeah in terms of like sports podcasts the the only other one i ever followed other than the starters because like i never got because i was like i have my source of everything I would do with the NBA. I just did a Nuggets podcast now. I started listening to the podcast Denver Stiffs, uh, at the time hosted by Adam Mares, uh, who was like the main writer of like the SB Nation Nuggets blog sort of thing. Um, yeah, no, I mean, he, he no longer does that podcast and I no longer listen to it. But yeah, no, I really got into the Nuggets through there as well. That that really helped uh, me just kind of, you know, follow the team as well as the rest of the league through the starters because they weren't talking about the Nuggets all that much because the Nuggets at the time were bad, uh, very bad. Yeah. Um, so other than D-Wade, did you have any other kind of favorite players? Uh, I talked to Kobe pretty quickly. Uh, Kobe was actually the first player I'd, I'd found out about his name. I learned, um, it's I, mean, pretty, I actually, everyone. I actually learned. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely up there with some of the guys you hear about when you're first getting into the sport, especially our age. But um, I learned about Kobe through classic Kobe jokes, pretty much. Uh, sort of, uh, what's the difference between time and Kobe? Time passes, you know? Yeah. That old classic. That's how, because I, I originally thought his name was Kobe Bryant. Two first name guy. I was pretty, what's going on here? But no, it's Kobe Bryant, obviously. Mm. Um, yeah, he was the first guy I found out about. Um, I was a big fan of him. LeBron, obviously, as he was on the Heat. Chris Bosh. Yeah. Um, I was a big Dwight Howard guy. Uh, yeah, interesting. Back in the day, back yeah. in the day. Um, who else? Uh, Chris Paul. I took to Chris Paul pretty quickly. Um, yeah, it's hard to think back that far now. It feels like I've uh, been following the league my whole life, but obviously I haven't. But um, 
yeah, no, sort of the big names like that I quickly took to. It took me a while to fall in love with some of the uh, some of the more obscure guys. Yeah, I mean, I was never. I'm kind of the opposite. I was never really into the big star guys. I I love an underdog story. So you know, Dirk was one of my favorite players. Obviously, he's a big star. But at the time when I discovered him, he was kind of going down in his career to the lower ends. I was like, this guy's still pretty cool. This guy was a legend. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, Dirk, I was a big fan of. But then as I learned about like his finals run and stuff like that, I became a Sean Marion fan and a Tyson Chandler kind of guy as well. Um, never got never. A big fan of Jason Kidd for some reason, but you know, um, but yeah, no, I kind of developed a bit of an affinity towards some of those random guys. So Will Barton is, I'd still, I, I'd say, still my favorite player. Jamal Murray is knocking on the door there, but like, I'd say Will Barton is still my favorite player just because you know he was exciting. You know, he he would, he was athletic. He came from Will nothing the Thrill, baby. He, Will yeah. the Thrill. You know, he came from nothing when he was in Portland. You know, playing hardly any minutes, scoring only like one or two points a game. Got traded to Denver for Aaron Aflalo. Um and then yeah wow, that just was kinda... the deal wasn't it yeah <laughs> I remember we were was, in... that, I would say we were in like CJ McCollum days yeah yeah I mean that was yeah um I want to say we were in like a, yeah. we were in like a computer lab or something when I remember we were like following the the trade deadline a little bit and I remember seeing Aaron Aflalo got traded I was like that's weird he just got signed um, I at, remember I remember that uh, I remember that too, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I also remember that. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, I just really enjoyed following Will Barton. I remember his dunk contest, which I think a lot of people don't remember. Um, I don't. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was I, it was a dunk I, contest. <laughs> he wasn't a dunk contest. He did not do particularly well. I will tell you that much. Was that the Was that the year John Wall won? Was I want to say it was all the I think it was all the depot. Did he win one? I remember all. I think I remember Oladipo was in there. I don't know if he won it. Okay. Okay. Maybe I don't okay. remember that dog contest. Um, <laughs> wait. No. No, he wasn't in the Aaron Gordon Zach Levine dunk contest, was he? Well, he definitely didn't w- win it. If he was, I don't think um, he was. I think he was in a less exciting one. I think I don't remember. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. I remember <laughs> the fact that he was in a dunk contest, and yeah, he just loved being in Denver, which was something that I learned is not something that a lot of guys like. Uh, a lot of guys don't <laughs> tend to stick around, as we learned with Jeremy Grant this offseason. Um, but, you yeah. know, seeing, seeing Will Barton doing that, now that Monte Morris has just signed, signed his extension, he's go, he's going to that category as well of guys who want to stick around and therefore guys I like. Um, uh, yeah, I uh, got really into him. Um, Mike Miller is... The other guy, probably my favorite random player. You know, obviously people remember him from his heat days. I remember him as the Nuggets' only reasonably good inbound passer. Because um, <laughs> that was his one defining skill, apart from his shooting. I'd say because he was his so like, he was so old. I think he was like thirty five at the time, or something like that. And um, that was Emmanuel Mudiay's rookie season. Emmanuel Mudiay obviously averaged like four turnovers a game, so you couldn't trust him to inbound at the end of games. So it had to be. Either Emmanuel Moutier, like, if you're going to have a guard inbound, you need a Jimmy Nelson on the floor. Weirdly, you need a Jimmy Nelson on the floor. So, <laughs> you can't trust Emmanuel Moutier. You need Jimmy Nelson on the floor. Who inbounds here? Mike Miller. And he got it in. He got it in every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great skill to to become a fan of a guy for. You know, he's obviously known in his career as a shooter. I mean... Yeah. 
I think he averaged 20 a game for one season with Memphis, maybe. I think that oh, happened. Maybe. But um, the inbound passing, that's such a great skill to, <laughs> to, to get around a guy for. I remember something Richard Jefferson said was like, for young guys, you need to just have two skills that you could develop and like show teams like, hey, I could do both of these things. Mike Miller, at the end of his career, was like, I can inbound and I can shoot. And that's enough. <laughs> and he got paid. He got paid. He hung on for a few more years. Yeah. Actually, I think that was his second last year, maybe. Um, yeah. And then, actually, speaking of Richard Jefferson, he's another podcast that I did listen to. I listened to him when he was on the Nuggets, uh, road tripping with Richard Jefferson. Um, you know, it was very interesting hearing some of the Nuggets' personalities there. Like, Malik Beasley was super-duper shy. Like, he just would not want to talk um, on the podcast. Mason Plumley was the funniest, most charming person. I'm, I'm such a fan of Mason Plumley because of that. Like... I, I really do recommend anyone listening to this to go check out Richard Jefferson's podcast back in the day with Mason Plumley because they were so funny. Paul Millsap has like a really dry and like angry sense of humor. He's like, he's got that grouchy old man sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Road Trip is, Road Trip is big now. They just had LeBron on. LeBron on. They've got, they've had D Wade on. Him and uh, Channing Fry, uh, Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry. Uh, I mean, doing, they're doing good jobs over there. Are they that, like, they were teammates with LeBron. Is that really the biggest get in the world? No, but like, you know, they're not, you know, yeah. getting I mean, random were... guys. They... LeBron had been on before, I'm, sh- I'm sure. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, those are some of the random guys that I kind of developed an affinity to through the Nuggets. Um, yeah, there were no other real guys in the league that I really started liking, uh, like just random guys. I was a big uh, Yogi Ferrell guy for a little while. Um, oh, I remember so the Yogi Ferrell phase? Yeah, I mean, I, I was just thinking about that the other day, that Mavericks run he had that got him paid by the Kings. Yeah. I mean, shut up, Yogi Ferrell. I hope he makes a comeback. Yeah. Um, Simbula. Do you remember Simbula? Simbula. Yeah, the, uh, was he 7'4 or something like that? Yeah, I do remember him. <laughs> yeah, first Indian NBA player. I, he's yeah. not in the NBA anymore. I think he was only there for like a week but you know i was gonna say did he get two 10 days was that his i think that might have been his career yeah yeah he wasn't around for long (laughs) no but i I remember him in particular also beloved in the 2k community yeah best one of the best bronze players you could get to start yeah my team Mm, don't remember that anyway anyway um yeah and i think Kind of one of the other really big things, and one of the big things I remember uh, with you and a lot of other people was watching the 2016 Olympics. So, I mm-hmm. mean, you obviously know a lot more about the Team Australia then and now. So, do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about the 2016 Olympics if you remember it a lot? Well, I, I wouldn't say then. Um, honestly, 2016 Olympics, I think we all sort of jumped in together, us and our friend group, uh, watching that during class time. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, well, actually, no, this would have been earlier in the morning because I remember waking up very early, uh, many mornings watching yeah, yeah, watching the 2016 Olympics. Um, I think I woke up really early for, like, the Spain game. Oh, we won't, we won't talk about that. Remains. Yeah. That's right. I, oh, won't, yeah. I watched... That's that I watched game, e- yep. <laughs> That's that game. I watched every game um, of the 2016 Olympics for the, for the Aussies. Um, but, yeah, this is where my... I know, obviously, I love Australia, but this is where my love for Australian basketball started. And um, I learned a lot more about the Aussies we have and had in the league. Uh, yeah. A lot of um, just sort of what our team looks like, our core of our team. I never respected Bogut um, more 
that I did after those 2016 Olympics. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just good times just talking about it with our, with our friends. I remember, uh, in the cage, um, we'd all, you know, pretend to be one of the, uh, starting five for the Aussies. Um, and we did and try and play like them. Uh, I remember that a lot. Um, I vaguely remember that. Do you remember who you were <laughs> pretending to be? I was Bainesy, I think. If I was I anyone, I want to say I was Delhi. <laughs> I was Baines. I think Sam was Bogut. I think Jared would have been Patty, probably. Yeah. Um, Chris would have been, uh, I guess he would have been Delhi, and then someone would have been Joe Ingalls. Maybe you, Rebees, would you have been Joey? Oh, I don't think so. I don't know if I was doing that. If I if I was, I would have been Delhi. Yeah. That, that would probably. have made a lot more sense. Just because, you know, yeah. God. God, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean yeah, I mean both of us just fell in love with the Aussie the Aussie team during this twenty sixteen Olympics and followed it right to the end, right to that, like you said, Ramiz, that that Spain that game. game, the yeah. heartbreak, the bronze medal game, the the charge block call on Paddy Mills as Sergio Yule, I think, uh, drives down the lane. I mean, heartbreaker, oh, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to be quiet at four o'clock in the morning when an absurd call is call, called in, in, in like the most important game for the Aussies at that in their like in, in international history, yeah. career in history. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was that was a painful memory and still is. Yeah. Um, probably none more so than the 2019 World Cup. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But um, yeah, the 2016 Olympics was a big moment for me as a basketball fan, for you too, I'm sure. Yeah, for me, I, I definitely do remember following along. I, I think that Spain game was one of maybe like two or three that I watched. But yeah, no, I remember following along like, how the hell is Paddy Mills doing this? That was Paddy Mills's. Like, I don't remember a whole lot of the other guys. I remember Delhi being really good. I don't remember a lot of the big men. I just remember Paddy Mills so much though. Because like, I just think that's amazing. Like, how does a role player guard do that? How does a role player guard like lead all scorers or something in the Olympics? Just yeah, that was his breakout year for the for the Boomers. It felt like um, that's when he cemented himself as one of the best for international play. Yeah, yeah, and he was just like he was doing that thing that you see with some random guys like Damian Lillard sort of thing, where it's just like, yep, I'm going to shoot and it's going again. You can tr- put this team on my back, and he did yeah. so many times, and it was just amazing to watch. Yeah, I mean, big love, big love to Patty, and and this was Delhi coming off uh, the, the year, the year prior, the twenty, yeah, the, coming off the championship, but the year prior, putting on a performance in the twenty fifteen finals That's with right. the shorthanded Cavs. Um, you know, for a, for a couple games there, locking up Steph, you the know, Curry stopper, outplaying yeah. Steph, the Curry stopper. That's right, but um, he yeah he played really well in these Olympics. Um, I, I appreciated Bogut as a as a passer during these Olympics. Um, pretty outstanding stuff and then jingles i honestly wasn't too high on jingles before these olympics but he's um yeah he, he earned my heart uh as did the whole <clears throat> 2016 team brockoff is the only other guy that i remember learning about in that olympics i don't remember yeah. a lot of the other guys but brockoff for some reason stuck with me i just loved his shooting and i, I think he has a kind of a weird shooting form but i just love seeing him shoot yeah, I mean, and he's with the he's with the 76ers now with Ben Simmons, so they'll they'll get a few reps in yeah. before the 2021 uh, Olympics. Uh, was he with the Mavs uh, Brock, last year? He was with the Mavs last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Brock Modem was also another guy. Um, a random 
NBL uh, sort of guy that just had a big couple games. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, just uh, this was uh, my wake up call to our to our international team. Yeah. Um. Well, you talked a little bit about the 2019 World Cup. Uh, I I didn't pay attention to the World Cup at all, really. So, do you want to talk about that though? Oh yeah, I I took it to a whole nother level for the World Cup last year. Um, I was, you know, drafting my own teams for the who I think we should have selected um, during the trials. Um, again, I'd watch every single game. Like it was at a more favorable time. Uh, for, luckily, last year yeah. for the World Cup. Uh, obviously, we had those uh, massive um, Australia versus America games down in Melbourne. Um, which, you know, drew in massive crowds. We yep. won one of those games. Um, I mean, yeah, it was amazing. I followed it from start to finish, and I was completely heartbroken when we blew two leads in the in the game for the Gold Cup and in the bronze medal game. I was pretty much beside myself. I was so I was depressed for a good good couple of hours after those games. Yeah. Um, yeah, just because I'd I'd put so much, I'd you know become so dedicated to watching the Aussies. Paddy Mills was unbelievable, doing ridiculous stuff. I think he averaged twenty one for the tournament. Um, somehow didn't get the All Star All Star five, which is ridiculous. But anyway, um, yeah, I just I was just so committed to that team and to watch them really put themselves out of a medal. Honestly, yeah. um, it, was, it was painful to watch. I mean, we're going to be putting out one hell of a side next year, though. You know, all the guys that we've got. Oh, like, yeah. It's crazy how many guys, like, how many guys, how many Australian guys were in the league in the NBA, like, 10 years ago? Hardly any, surely. Hardly any, yeah. Yeah, and now we've got a full starting five and, like, a good rotation of them as well. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a, a, a beast of a team for the Olympics next year, which we will we'll bring you coverage of as we get closer to the Olympics. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Cannot be more excited for this for this Olympics coming up. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see Ben Simmons play with all these shooters. Like, we just have shooters. <laughs> Paddy Mills, <laughs> Delhi, Brock off, Jiggles. Got shooters. It's going to work. It's going to work around him. I, I hope, at least. <laughs> he is the key. And, you know, last year, uh, a few people, including myself, were a bit pissed off that he didn't play for the World Cup. Yep. But uh, he wasn't the only NBA guy that didn't play for the country. So, I mean, must have just not been the, the season for it. But, um. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to see him in the Olympics this year. Yeah. Um, now, we went, we we were going to talk a little bit about a couple of, like, random memories we had, maybe even watching some NBA stuff. One one really weird memory I have is, do you remember where we were when we were watching the 2016 draft? Uh, not specifically, but I remember being at school and following it pretty closely. Okay, we were at school. Obviously, it went uh, it went through a few different classes, but I remember we we were in elective history for the first like at least the lottery a bit. I remember sitting in there being like, "Okay, I hope they I hope the Kings take Buddy here or whoever it was. Was it the Pelicans? Uh, uh, take Buddy Hill. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm hoping the Pelicans take Buddy Hill and then the Nuggets get Jamal Murray. I didn't know what he did. I didn't know the difference between them. I was just like, I know Jamal Murray's younger, so that will fit better." Um, especially alongside Emmanuel Moody at the time, which, you know, we won't talk about that. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. But yeah, no, I I remember following that draft there, but I remember it was, I think it was lunchtime after that, and then it started raining, and we were sitting in, like, the hallway in, you know, where we would normally sit H-block, as as it was called, um, 
it was raining and we were just like following like the rest of the first round there. And, you know, we were all just sitting there uh, in the middle of the hallway because that's what you do when it rains. Um, <laughs> just following following along the draft. I remember seeing Wancho get drafted. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And yeah, I remember, <laughs> what I do remember from that day is you being confused by Wancho, knowing he had a great name. And then pro- it must have been a couple periods later, you came back to me like, okay, I'm all in on this Wancho guy. I like yeah. him. <laughs> You've d- you done your own scouting report on Wancho. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Ramez is, is committed to this Nuggets draft. Oh, uh, I miss Wancho. <laughs> yeah, this was probably the first, that was the first draft that I'd really started following i'd say maybe the year before uh i probably you know had a decent look because yeah my drop my my history with following the draft starts with draft express uh shout out mike schmitz and um uh javoni but um yeah i saw i found their youtube uh channel which unfortunately they've privatized all their all their scouting reports which a part of me died when i found that out i'm not gonna lie they were just they weren't they weren't meant to be fun. They weren't meant to show off the highlights. They were legit scouting reports for NBA teams to watch. You know, this is like, if you actually wanted to draft the player, this you'd come here and look at what they've written and uh, made a video about them. They did a yeah. whole, yeah, like 20 minutes on literally each player in the projected for the first round and a bit into the second. Um, <clears throat> so I'd just start watching that in preparation for the 2016 draft. But yeah, no, that is. I I remember that fondly, Ramiz. Yeah, especially you coming back, all all sold on one show. That was what I remember most about that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember you. I think you started like doing a little list of like who are the best names in this draft. I remember you had someone else other than one show in that draft. I'd have to look back at the draft, but one show is an excellent name. It's an excellent name, yeah. And then I learned actually, I learned it wasn't actually his real name. It's just a nickname. He's just one, but you know. Um, oh. I actually didn't know that, so there you go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just one. I, I like, I'm ninety percent sure of that. Okay. Um, yeah, and then another random memory I have is, uh, again, do you remember where we were when we watched the Nuggets Wolves win or go home? Uh, weren't we in the Pat or something for the performing arts theater or no, something like that? No, no, we weren't. We were. It was. I think we were having a class party or something. You and I were waiting on like Keppel Street or something. Waiting for pizza to be delivered, and you and I were just watching the game there. We were oh, watching overtime there. That's right. <laughs> and then Jared was with us as well, and he should not have been because he actually had to go to class. But he was just standing there watching the game with us. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember you being very not happy after the I game. I was very obviously. not happy. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I do remember. I remember the anticipation of that day um, earlier in the day before the game started. Um, just obviously because you're a Nuggets fan. And for people who don't remember, this was a... Whoever won this game got it, the eight seed for the and playoffs. Whoever lost yeah. did not. It was out. It was out, yeah. <laughs> was yeah. that 2017 playoffs? I think it was 2018. 2018. Oh, no, 17-18 yeah. okay. season. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was the year Jimmy Butler was with the Timberwolves. Yep. Um, there, that This came down to the one the final game of the season. Um, it went it was to pretty, it was pretty. It was pretty much overtime. It was pretty dramatic. I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember that. That is a good memory. Um, yeah. Obviously not for you entirely, no. but still. <laughs> I mean, I, I do look back on it kind of fondly because like the Nuggets had no business being there either because they went on a six game winning streak before then. That's what they needed. They needed to win all seven of their last games of the season to make the playoffs. 
Um, they were definitely still a year away from being an actual playoff yeah. threat. And then obviously the next year they made the playoffs and then obviously yeah. the second round. Yeah. You have any of those uh, other random memories? Um, not specifically of uh, me or any of my friends at school or anything like you've got there. I remember uh, the first year I started really following. I remember the Grizzlies being the favorite in the in the West uh, to start the season. <laughs> they started like like 16 and four or something like that. They had an awesome first 20 games. Um, uh, this was for the, the 14, 15 season. So the Warriors first championship, uh, the Warriors, you know, kicked it up going later in the season. And they took, they took uh, hold of, um, you know, being the favorites, obviously out of the West, um, Steph got his first MVP, but I also remember in the playoffs that the Grizzlies were up two one against them in the playoffs in that second round. Um, and then, the the Warriors made that infamous switch where they put Bogut on Tony Allen. Do you remember that? And they just they completely could... left. They just completely oh, yeah, left I do Tony remember, Allen I do remember wide that. open, and it was just bricking everything, and it was pretty yeah. hard to watch. Um, so yeah, that's my random memory. It's <laughs> just thinking, oh wow, the the Grizzlies, they're legit. This is going to be the Grizzly season. Um, obviously, they lost in the second round to those Warriors, but um, I think that was also the year that. Mark Gasol and Pau Gasol were the first brothers to start against each other in the All-Star game. Maybe. I'm not oh, sure yeah. if you remember that. I remember the yeah. tip-off between them. Yeah. Because uh, Pau was with the Bulls at that point. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's my random memories. Just thinking, wow, the Grizzlies, they're going to win a championship uh, in, in the first 20 games of the season. Well, I do remember one other thing. Speaking of the Warriors as well. Actually, speaking of Wancho a little bit, um, I remember... The Nuggets, for some reason, had seven players in a game. Everyone else was injured. The Warriors, I don't think they had Clay Thompson. And I think this might have been the 73 and 9 season. And the Nuggets ended up winning that game by like 20 something points, despite having almost their entire starting lineup injured. I remember Wancho put up 27 and 10 that game. And I was just sitting in chemistry, like, <laughs> how? What? I also kind of remember this, I think. <laughs> it's uh, like, yeah, how the, you, yeah. you have none of your starters playing. You are starting Mike Miller, Juan Chihota Gomez, and yeah. uh, like, you know who the other guy was that was starting alongside. I want to say it was like Gary Harrison. No, I think it was Emmanuel Moody and Jokic or something like that. It was a yeah. really weird lineup. I mean, I could maybe find the box score, but... <laughs> Actually, give me a second. Yeah. I think I'm, I do want to find that box score. Uh, yeah, I mean... Just one of those random games. Obviously, you know the Warriors going seventy-two and ten in that season. Uh, no, seventy. Wait, what'd they go? Seventy-two and ten. Is that what they went? Seventy-three and nine. That's right. They went seventy-three and nine. Um, one of those random losses. I think they lost to Detroit that year as well, if I'm not mistaken, randomly. But um, no, no, that wasn't yeah. the seventy-three and nine. That was not the seventy-three and nine season. That was the oh, season okay. after. I would have say. Wait, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, it was the season after. They had KD. They had KD. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Wancho put up 27 and 10, Will Barton 24, 10 and 7, Jokic 17, 21 and 12, um, <laughs> Jimmy Nelson 23, 3 and 7, Gary Harris 16, 2 and 1, Jamal Murray 14, Johnny O'Brien the third, Mike Miller and Malik Beasley. That was the entire roster against wow. Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Val McGee, Patrick McCall, Steph Curry, Ian Clark, Briante Weber, Iggy, Kevon Looney. James Michael McAdoo and Damian Jones, and they won by 22 points. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, shout out Briante Weber. Uh, Briante Weber, yes. Former, former Heat guard. Uh, yeah, shout out Briante. Who is um, Johnny O'Brien the third? 
<laughs> Who is Johnny? <laughs> that is the real question. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's. I'm glad we did this episode, Ramiz. Looking back at all these, you know, our starts with following the NBA and all these random memories. Um, I should have thought of a few more, but yeah, that's that's the main one that sticks out to me. Is those Memphis Grizzlies? But um, yeah, no, it's it's been a, it's been a fun ride so far. Totally get yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, few, yeah, a few really fun memories. It will be for me a few of those as, you know, we watch these upcoming games, maybe even a few of them together, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm in town. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think that's all the random memories I have. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before, like when the Cavs came back from 3-1, we were on a bus back from Luna Park or whatever, but yeah. Oh, I remember where I was where, um. This is a bit more recent, but I remember where I was when DeMarcus signed with the Warriors too. I was sitting in math class and I heard my phone vibrate, so I pulled it out, had a look, and um, I was in awe. You I was legitimately, Isaac, right? I just looked over to Isaac and I yeah, was like, this read this, yeah. read this. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was straight up, I thought the season was done there and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think that just about covers it. Stick around, we've got a few... Um, deleted scenes coming up from the first season. There's only like three clips and two of them are like a minute long. But yeah, stick around, have a listen to those. Uh, but we will say goodbye now. So thank you for listening to the first season of Stat Stuff. As you can follow us on Instagram at, uh, so you can follow us on Instagram at Stat underscore Stuffers or on Twitter and Facebook at Stat Stuffers. You can email us at statstuffers5 at gmail.com. Leave us a five star rating or review if you can. Other than that, thank you for listening and enjoy these extra scenes. Enjoy, guys. Oh, my notes are piling up of things I need to edit out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I felt my throat's about to late tonight. I felt my throat's about to die. Like a lot. Mm. Right, <laughs> I'm getting this out at seven a.m. Aren't I? <laughs> if you want to, <laughs> I'll go for it. I mean, I'm up until two a.m. most nights anyway. I haven't been sleeping well. Lockwood's out of town anyway, so I won't be disturbing him if I'm God. wandering around waiting for things to process. God damn, I'm like I'm half asleep at like ten thirty. Mm. Like I can't stay up past then. Yeah, I wish I wasn't, but like I just <laughs> have not been sleeping. Sometimes it just be like that. I got actually weird story. Last night at like 2.30 in the morning, I was like half asleep and I got woken up by this like slight beeping sound and I had a bit of a headache. I was a bit nauseous. I was like, is that a carbon monoxide alarm? And am I dying of carbon monoxide poisoning? Oh, that's not great. Was it? Well, I mean, I don't know if it was a carbon monoxide alarm. I strongly doubt it because we don't have one in this apartment. I think it was coming from, I don't know if it was coming from outside or a different apartment. I couldn't tell. Because it yeah, was right. in the morning, I was half delirious. But I'm still alive, so... Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> and Locker didn't feel any symptoms or anything, and there's absolutely nothing that would actually give off carbon monoxide in this place. Yeah, I don't even know where carbon monoxide comes from. Okay. It comes from just, like, unburnt, like, gases and smoke and stuff. So, okay. like, a gas stove can give off carbon monoxide, but, like, not a lot. Right, okay. And you would smell it. If it was. As I say, can like, you smell you carbon it, monoxide? You don't smell carbon monoxide, but the way gas stoves work is they put smells in. They put other gases that have smells like methane oh, in there yeah, yeah. so that yeah. you will smell it if it's leaking. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, um, I mean, if I do die, it was carbon monoxide. Okay, um, I'll let the I'll let the police know. Yep. Uh, make it, yeah. Uh, what pick are we up to? Just by the way, twenty-one. Uh, we're gonna move on to the seventy-sixes. But that was fun at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a fun thing to fun thing to do. Hmm, am I dying? Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I left my room and I checked the stove. I'm like, okay, everything's off. I opened my window. I was like, alright, I'm going to stay up for like half an hour. If I feel dizzy, I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to fall out the window. Yeah. Just give it, a, give it a minute. See if he disconnects again. Um, I'd say just pick it back up. Just be like, sort yeah. of quick technical difficulty. Um, do you remember what you were saying? I was about to start Mohawkless here. Okay. Uh. Maybe if I just start with the um, I always seem to end on um, so maybe if I just start That's with the um. best way to do it, that helps me stick together <laughs> so well. Okay. Um, go for an um and then go for like a one second pause and that'll okay. stitch things together quite nicely. Okay. Um, so what I want to tell you about is um, the last couple of days I've been, since I've done with uni now, I've been going to the park and playing a lot of basketball recently and I've had some interesting experiences. So you know how you said it was weird that I just run into friends at the beach? I ran into friends at the park. I, I went to the oh. park. I was, just, I was just going there to shoot around by myself for a couple of hours. Uh, but yeah, no, I ended up running into three people. Two more people ended up coming later on. And we played a hell? bunch of... We played a bunch of three... three. Okay, they organised with the two other people. So I basically ran into one group of people. Not two. Okay. Still, it's a bit yeah. weird. Because the park is like 40 minutes away sort of thing. But it's uh. kind of the only place you play anyway, really. Um, but yeah, no, we ended up playing three on three and it was so stupid how the teams were because my team was five foot seven guy, me, I'm about five ten, and then my te- other team, it was like six two. Their team was five nine, six three, and six six. So yeah, we were that's tough. very undersized. So we were playing first to 11, um, ones and twos, win by two, uh, and your boy Me's Money came out. Oh, let's go. He came out. His money's back. Yeah, so it was 9-9, game-winning three on my behalf. Next next game, also 9-9. Other guy on my team, game-winning three. Third game, 10-10, game-winning three from the other guy on my team as well. We won all three games. Oh, my God. Show it out. (laughs) Don't call it a comeback because Mee's money never left. Damn, that's clutch. Yeah, it was... That third game was so bad too because... They got up 6-1 to start, and then we just brought it back, so we tied it at 9-9, and then got to 10-10, and then we hit the three to win it. The comeback. That's mm. tough. That's tough. But also, like, how are you just running into people in Sydney? There's, like, I... a million people living there, legitimately. Yeah, it's it's weird. Look, I mean, it's it's certain areas. Everyone I know stays in certain areas and goes to certain areas. We pretty much all Fair. go to the same beach. Like, no one goes to Bondi. No one goes to... Clubelli or whatever. Everyone goes to everyone goes to Kuji. There's only one place really to play basketball in in the city, and that's this massive park with like ten courts, sort of thing. That sounds that sounds cool. There's one. Yeah. There's the indoor one at the Rocks. That's supposed to be pretty sick. Yeah, but that's way further as well. Um, True. It, for me, it would be another like thirty minutes by bus. <clears throat> Thought I killed that moth. Oh, <laughs> okay. Damn moth. Uh, um, and then I, I went again yesterday, and again, I, and I went just to shoot around by myself. This old guy came up to me and the two guys that I was sharing the court with, because it was pretty busy, 
like one of the guys was like he was probably my age. The other one was like seven years old. I want to say and he was like, "Do you three want to play three or three against my team, my my three high school age girls?" The other two guys said no. I said, "Sure, why not?" So I ended up playing two or two against like fifteen year old girls. I mean, sure. Just be careful. Don't re- don't rage too much for base. I, I mean. did it, and like I wanted to really uh uh-huh, like. They were practicing, so I didn't want to be mean. I didn't want to go for every block. I didn't want to, like, just drive inside. I didn't want to play any kind of physical defense because they're not going to be playing against 19-year-old guys. So I would basically <laughs> just sta- I would basically just stand down on the three. My teammate would pass to me, and I would just, like, whip it inside to her because the pe- none of them know how to play defense, so they could just cut without any kind of defense being played. That's What an experience that would be. I don't even know how to... What I would do, I'd probably just say no. I'd be with the other guys, I'd probably just say no. I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, fair, that's, that's commendable, though. That's commendable. Yeah, that's fun. I, I I only blocked one of them twice. <laughs> <laughs> Very, how, how gracious of you. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I only went for, like, two drives. Like, you know, just... If I was open inside, I'd take the layup. Or if my teammate was open inside, I'd pass to her, and that was kind of it. <laughs> One of them, though, one of the girls on the other team, I don't know what the hell she was doing, but she would just chuck it at the backboard it would go in. Like, I was actually playing defense on it. I wasn't, like, you know, putting my hand on it or anything. I was yeah. just putting my hands up. But she would throw it over my head. It would bake it every time. She did it, like, four times in a row. I'm like, what? Soft backboards. Or is she just, like, good? I, I think she's just good, because those are not easy backboards to shoot on. The, the backboard wasn't even lined up properly. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Because <laughs> it's one of those things where That's it's not... a netball on the other side, so they turn it around, but oh, they true. don't care if it's fully straight. Um, but yeah, no, she would just peg it at the backboard; it would just go in. Damn, I got, tough. I got full score. I got fully scored on like four times. <laughs> <laughs> Have to lock up next time. Lock up, yeah. Well, those were my experiences playing basketball at this park. I. I was going to go again today, but I was like, hmm, actually, I've got people going right now, but obviously not doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, well, when, you, like when you come to Sydney, time. you can look forward to just going to the park and then, I don't know, getting asked by so a I'd... guy to, getting asked by like a <laughs> 65-year-old white man to help his team practice. <laughs> I don't even play like out like outdoor courts that much. I so. can't play outdoors, but like I don't have any other option. I hate outdoor I mean, courts. Fair. Mm. Yeah, but ball is life. You just got to go out there. Oh, I got so tired because like my teammate wouldn't defend either. <coughs> so I was just like constant. I was trying to defend both players and also grab the rebounds, and I was just dead. <laughs> yeah, they're making it work. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was sweating. I was like dripping sweat after it. I mean, to be fair, it is quite warm. It was like 22 but, yeah. degrees. <laughs> yeah, that, all right. All right, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, they, they made me work for it. And then <laughs> I decided, you know what? I'm going to get my steps up. So I walked home. So that was like a 45-minute walk as well. <laughs> get that exercise in. Good job, Bruce. Like, I was I was below my average steps for the week, so I had to get it up. It's good now. I'm, I'm above. I'm above. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Do you wear? Do you go off your phone or off a, a watch? Off my phone. My watch doesn't like record my steps very well. 
Okay, so you don't you don't track it during like um, basketball or whatever. No, I I did play a couple. Uh, I did play the first game against those uh, in that two or two with my phone in my pocket, and then I took it out for the second game. I was like, yeah, no, this is that's risky as hell. Yeah, I mean, I've got deep pockets. <laughs> like, does, it, does that mean you have physically deep pockets, or you could just buy another phone because you're rich, Mister? No, I have physically very deep pockets. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stand. I was wearing these shorts. I'm gonna show you how deep my pockets are. Pretty deep, right? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Their arms just got. Yeah, and that goes up to like what halfway up my forearm. Mm. Uh, poor girls without pockets. I don't know. That's tough. <laughs> but yeah, no, the phone was very much safe. I I couldn't jump too hard, but that was all right. I wasn't trying to block them. Fair. <laughs> that much. A little bit. I was, I was trying a little bit. Just gotta get a little little something in. Yeah, yeah, just I, to let I, him know. Just to let yeah. him know. And when I blocked, I was very gracious. I didn't scream. I didn't say anything. I was just like, yeah. Oh, people, my team was like, good day. I was just like, anyway. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's 15-year-old girls. Yeah. I mean, people people in general need to chill on the, on the screaming on the blocks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Just like, be, hum- be humble in your victory. Be humble. Be humble, get yeah. the board, and continue the play. Like my teammate. Exactly. <laughs> like the, the guy who was coaching was also refing. He kept on giving us the worst calls be- just to make it slightly more fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. But my teammate kept on complaining to him. I'm like, stop complaining. Just play defense, please. Because she's standing up to the side. <laughs> I'm trying to defend both of them. <laughs> Were they not like all his daughters or something? No. Or no, no, just he, like he the co- coach? He coaches a team, but they were the... I, I actually asked him, so do you coach a full team or is it just these three? He's like, yeah, no, I have a full team, but these three are the only ones who showed up. I'm like, it's the weather, right? He was like, no, yeah. they're just not committed. And he he looks he looks sad. I was I felt bad. Like, oh. I was like, dude, it's okay. He's trying to prove himself out here. <laughs> He's getting left on red by the 15-year-olds. Oh, don't say that. 